welcome to the Minute 66 podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Pedro from Santos FC English to discuss Brazil's prospects for the upcoming 2022 World Cup. We discuss the players selected for the tournament, possible systems and the opponents they're likely to face in Qatar. We also take a look at Brazil's up-and-coming new superstar, Hendrik, and discuss what his prospects are for the future. Right, welcome to the show, Pedro. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me back. Really appreciate it. And today we're going to take a look at Brazil's prospects for the upcoming World Cup starting next week. Absolutely. Um, so the first question is, over in Europe, the feeling is, is that Brazil are the favourites for this tournament. Is that a feeling shared in the Americas? Are the Brazilians confident or is there a little bit more doubt there than there is over here? Well, I think it's kind of tough because they... Um, they're always viewed as the favorites, right? And I think there's always that expectation if anything short of a, a World Cup win is is a failure. Um, but at the same time, I think people are, some people, some areas of the fan base um, are, kind. They're, they're just kind of, um, they're skeptical of the team and, and uh, of some of the players for for many reasons, and to be honest, skeptical of uh, of the CBF, the the kind of the FA of Brazil. Um, so for those reasons, I think there's there's certain pockets that kind of may even turn their nose up at at, at the Salasau. But for the most part, I think the feeling is shared. I think Brazil have one of the strongest teams going into this this World Cup, and I think it doesn't matter if you're in in Europe and or you know in the Americas. I think. Uh, that's pretty obvious, and and that's coming with uh, you know a lot of expectations. Looking at the Brazil squad, as you mentioned, it is for me. I think probably besides France, I think on paper it's the strongest squad. Um, the one area that would worry me, uh, the fullbacks. <laughs> what do what's the feeling over there? Uh, am I alone in that, or are they also looking at the fullback situation and going, this is unusually problematic for brazil yeah yeah that's i think that's the one area that's come under a whole um you know just a lot of criticism and one of the big head scratchers coming out of uh chiche's pred- uh, press conference was when he announced uh 39 year old danny alves um who i think a lot of people had forgotten about he had a stint in brazil and now he's in mexico um I think probably a lot of people may have thought he had retired. Um, you know, I, there was some, there was much debate, uh, you know, whether to include him or not in the in the squad. Chiche obviously decided to um, that his experience um, and his locker room presence was very important. But uh, how much help he's going to be on the pitch, I'm not exactly sure. Um, and. So you're you're absolutely right to to highlight that area, and it is it is strange that in a country that produces tricky wingers and wide players um, so easily, it's like they have a conveyor belt and they just keep stamping away at the next you know winger. Um, they can't produce uh, you know top quality elite um, uh, outside backs, 
And we see that here. There were a few injuries, um, but players that, again, I think that people would be talking a lot about. There'd be there's there's a lot of debate over this over this uh, over this position. And then of course, you've got the dynamic of, um, you know, how competitive is the Brazilian league? Are the Brazilian players in that Brazilian league, um, you know, if they are a star and, and there were a few star fullbacks that people were kind of clamoring for to get called Um you know, could, could they fit in with, you know, the, the, the Salsal? Um, and so there's that debate. Um, and then of course, everyone's got their own pet choices for, for the selection, but, um, but yeah, so I think if there is a weakness, it's definitely the fullbacks. And I mean, you can see that uh, these guys are pretty old and they're kind of on the downslope of their career. So um so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. That could be the Achilles heel of this team, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Hmm. Uh, you just touched briefly on the Brazilian league players. Mm-hmm. There's three, I believe, that have been included in the squad. Um, a couple of Flamengo guys and the, the Palmeiras goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the feeling being in Brazil with those selections? Because from an outsider's perspective, if I was picking a midfielder and a forward from Flamenco, it probably wouldn't have been the two that went. Yeah. Uh, so, so is there a feeling that there's there's better players in the Brazilian league than the guys that are going? Well, for striker, I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of debate and, and not necessarily that you wouldn't take Pedro, who is the um, uh, Flamengo uh, striker, I think he's their top scorer this year. Uh, top scorer in uh, Copa Libertadores, the, the South American equivalent of the Champions League. Um, uh, obviously, Gabby Goal or Gabriel Barbosa is, is the kind of the talisman there. He'd uh, be my pick in, in, uh, for the Flamengo like team. Um, and what's that? Yeah, he'd be yeah. my pick. Um, so I think a lot of people are wanting him to go. Not, necessarily cutting Pedro up, but maybe leaving a player like or even some crazy people. So they're they're kind of clamoring for him to 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 drop. Um so there is that kind of uh uh that debate in in especially in Brazil and, and, and Gabi of course he's a quality player but I think also Chiche is definitely um, thinking about locker room interactions and he's I mean why it didn't work out in Europe for for Gabriel is you know his immaturity and his his antics um, so I think that there is um, kind of more of a um, Chiche is looking for more cohesion in the locker room uh, mm-hmm. for some of these players that maybe might not be starting so I think that's why he went with Pedro and, and Pedro by the way I think he has a chance to start depending on how Gabriel Jesus um, plays. Pedro's a very, very skilled player. He's great in the box. He's got a great finisher. So um, uh, I would expect him to see some game time. Um, but uh, but the other player, Everton Rivero, um, I think has had a great season. He's been so key for, for Flamengo, and he often gets outshined by his uh, fellow Flamengo midfielder, um, De Hascaeta, uh, who is consistently, at least on on uh, when you look at some of the advanced stats, one of the best players in South America. He's mm. the Uruguayan. Yeah, he's a great. And he got called to the selection over there. Mm. Um, 
but uh, but he's a really quality player, and I think he's a player that uh, a lot of Europeans probably um, aren't familiar with, and a lot of people from North America as well, uh, or or just out outside of South America, I should say. Um, so I think he you might be surprised he might come on and then make a substitute uh, appearance, and um, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised with his quality. Um, Weverton, I can I think it's very much. I don't think he's going to see anything. He's just again locker room cohesion um, and uh, going to be kind of that rah-rah guy in the sidelines. Um, he is one of the best keepers in, in Brazil. Um, and uh, so and he's kind of had that third goalkeeper spot locked up for Chichi mm-hmm. for a while. So, yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. And you can, and of course, in Brazil, everyone's got their favorites from their own team. And there's, there's all the commentators that, uh, I think have a little delusional um, uh, take on how good the Brazilian league is. So you'll see some of their, their mock-up cell styles where it's got like Mourinho on the wing or Dudu um, and, and these, and these stars in the Brazilian league that maybe don't have as much business playing for the, the national team. So, so yeah, it is interesting. And I hope that these guys do well. Um, I think they're all great players and I think they're going to surprise um, people that, that don't keep up with uh, the South American leagues. Was it a surprise that Roberto Firmino didn't go? Because that was the one thing in England. I know he's never set the world alight with Brazil, but there was a feeling that taking Martinelli over him seemed like a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, and, and I think and there was a funny video of Neymar reacting to the um, selection. And you could even see the surprise on his face when Martinelli was called. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's obvious that Chiche kind of wanted... Martinelli obviously can play more on the wing um, and uh, Firmino's more central. Um, There was that debate. Again, there are a lot of Firmino haters because of his lack of performance in the Sao Sao, just as there are kind of for Gabriel Jesus. I think Gabriel Jesus is more of an out-and-out striker, um, and I think that's why he gets more of a pass. But uh, but yeah, I think it was one of the the points where people were debating a lot on on who was going to go, and and ultimately Firmino didn't make the cut. I don't think it was a shock, but I think to a lot of people, probably you know in Europe or or North America that that follow the Prem uh, more than other leagues, I think that that might have came as a surprise because obviously it's this Brazilian striker or forward um, playing for one of the great. Premier League clubs, um, and he's not getting called. Uh, and you know, some some guy from Brazilian club is getting the call up, and and kind of more of a, a wide player um, in Martinelli, who's who's super young, is getting the call instead of him. So, so it wasn't a shock, but I guess I could see how it could be a surprise. And moving on, in terms of looking at the group, Brazil are in. It's quite a tricky group. Is, is is that the feeling in Brazil? Are they a little bit worried about the quality of the sides that are in there? Because Serbia and Switzerland are um, useful teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at, I was taking a look at the the Serbian roster the other day, and um, yeah, they've got a bunch of good. I mean, you forget about some of these players. Uh, they've still got Dusan Tadic. Um, you know, obviously Mitrovic up front, you've got Vlaovic, um, you've got a lot of really good players. And I think Serbia 
Um, I kind of play around with them being the dark horse of the tournament. Um, I think they have a really hard path, though, so it might not work out for them. But there's a lot of quality in that lineup. Um, so I think, yeah, I think Serbia is probably top of people's uh, minds when they think about competition in the group stage. Um, the Swiss, again, we uh, they were in the group last year, or sorry, in the last World Cup uh, mm -hmm. in 2018. Um, and yeah, they're a hard team. They're a grinding team to, to play against. Um, I believe that famous meme of Neymar rolling all over the ground was against Switzerland or could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Switzerland. So yeah, they, they are definitely a physical team. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they're going to be pretty frustrating to play against. I think though, uh, this Brazilian team is probably the best since 2006. And so I think despite these two very you know competitive teams being in their group and and also Cameroon I mean Cameroon to me is I know less about but uh but just a quick glance I mean you recognize some of the names and and Cameroon obviously have a, a great pedigree in the World Cup um and uh they're not going to be you know easy to play against either so um, but despite all of this I think Brazil have the best team since 2006 and I think that they'll get through comfortably um and I think that they're much better at breaking sort of that low block that they could find themselves um, up against uh, in this World Cup. So um, I am confident that uh, they'll be able to to um, to breeze on through. Maybe not breeze, but you know, get through pretty pretty easily. And I think that's that feeling shared uh, both in Brazil and uh, in the rest of the Americas. And in in terms of the lineup. In the last round of qualifiers, there was a couple of little bits of experimentation. Um, Fred's been pretty consistently alongside Casemiro all through qualifying, but suddenly in those last couple of qualifiers, there seemed to be an idea towards maybe playing an extra midfielder who was a bit more creative, someone like, like Lucas Paqueta playing slightly deeper. I think Bruno Guimaraes was getting some opportunities. Do you think Fred will come back in or perhaps not? Or do you think that was... Brazil looking at the group stages where they're going to face low blocks and Fred could perhaps come in in the knockout phase sort of like Cleberson did in 2002 where he came in after the initial group stage was out of the way against the, the harder teams yeah that's that's interesting um I think now the feeling is and there's again there's so much um projection and prediction about who's going to be in that that that's starting 11 um, I think uh, Fred may find himself on the bench. Um, there's a lot, a lot of talk about comparing Casemiro with Bruno Guimaraes. Um, and uh, I think there's a lot of pressure both from people in Brazil who know how good he is and, um, you know, uh, people in uh, his fellow teammates as well. He's had a great, uh, a great uh, season in England. Mm. He's had a... Um, and I think, uh, you know, playing in France before and then with Atletico Paranaense before, um, he may be, uh, may have been slipping under some people's radar. Um, but he's, I think now people see how great of a player he is. And um, he's very popular with the team as well. So I think he probably in the group stage, like you, you said, uh, when they might need that little more creativity, you know, more forward passing. Um, I think uh, Bruno Guimaraes, probably will start and that would be my pick to start as well 
Um, but Fred, I mean, he we've seen with some of the selection, Fred is kind of a he's cheese cheese guy. He's mm. he's it's not the first time that you know people have called for Fred to be out of the team or not to start. Um, but he keeps starting. I mean, he's a great player. Um, and he uh, has Chi-Chi's confidence. And I think he's, you know, a, a good a good locker room guy too, it seems like. Um, so, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Will he start, you know, uh, if they get through the group stage and, and into the round of 16, will then he start with a, will they need a little bit more balance in in uh, in midfield? I'm not sure. It might depend on the opponent. Um, but uh, for me, I think uh, it's most likely that he'll be on the bench. Hmm. And the other the other note thing I noticed was Eddie Militao was there was a little experiment with him at right back. How well did that go? And is that something you think we might see in the tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I think what a lot of people saw um when Danny Alves got got called is that, you know, I think it's pretty established that uh Chego Silva and Marquinhos are gonna be the center back pairing. Um and then that right back position is very kind of weak. Um, and obviously Danny Alves um, can play there and, and plays there. Um, so I think the idea is that if things go wrong uh, with Danilo, um, that Eder Militao can step up or possibly even Militao is is the starter as the, the tournament goes on. Um, I don't think you're going to see Danny Alves step on the pitch unless, you know, it's a group, you know, Brazil are way out in front. Um, and I, yeah, I think that uh, Militao is going to is going to be kind of that that surrogate backup slash starter right back, uh, depending on how his tournament goes. Um, and yeah, so so obviously the the experiment went well. I think he's got the speed for a right back. Um, uh, so so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing there. And. Um, I, I could be mistaken, but I think there's been a few times where he's played there for Real Madrid as well. Um, so I think so Porto as well. I think he played there a little bit for Porto. Yeah, yeah. I seem so to kind I, of vaguely remember him being, he was a center half who was comfortable playing there early. Yeah, days. yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's got the speed, he's got the pace. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't mind that at all. Um, you know, he seems to be becoming more and more comfortable with that and uh, who knows i mean he could be that could end up being his more preferred position especially in the national team because of the the lack of quality in that position uh for brazil so we'll have to see that's something again those fullback areas there's they're they're going to be points of conversation throughout the world cup and i expect not but was there any calls in brazil for Hendrik to go <laughs> I know he's a child, he's still at school, but there's obviously there's so much excitement about him. And was there anyone who was just saying, look, just take him for the experience and who knows, as a as an experiment for 10 minutes in a game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so there there are those people, and I told you there are those there are lots of Brazilian commentators. I think it's funny sometimes I see a lot of English speakers, you know, talking about how how horrible like the English media is, how biased they are. And of course, okay, that's that's fine. Oh, yeah. But you know, it's um, it's they're really they're they're challenged by the bias and the delusions of some of the Brazilian media fingers figures, um, you know, thinking that the Brasileirao is like this, you know, uh, you know, on par with one of the the great European leagues, and uh, you know, 
a case where you could see this is is Andriki, um, you know, 16 years old. He's played, I think, um, he's had maybe six, seven appearances in the professional um, team for Palmeiras. He's got three goals, so um, he, he's doing really well, and he's just absolutely explosive. Um, but yeah, there there were calls. Um, I forget. Uh, there was a former player even that that came out and said he would have taken him mm-hmm. for exactly the reasons that you that you gave. You know the experience. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't think many serious commentators were saying that. And I don't think many serious fans you know thought that. But I mean, uh, come twenty twenty six, I think with the the trajectory this kid's on. I think he could easily find himself in a starting position, um, you know, depending on how things go, of course. Um, but yeah, he is destined for a great future. And he actually just won. I mean, despite, again, despite the six or seven appearances in, in the Brasileirao, uh, he just won the best newcomer of the season, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of people were upset about just because he's only you know, played a handful of matches. Um, but I mean, that's how good this kid is. That's how well he's able to perform, um, even playing against men. Um, so, so yeah, so there were a few calls, but nothing serious. Um, but uh, don't lose sight of him because he is coming to the national stage uh, very soon. How excited are people about him in Brazil? Like, do, do they think he's a, a Neymar, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo level talent? Or did they yeah. think he's more of a, or is he more of a Vinicius Junior, where they think he's going to be a world class player, but not necessarily a generational player? No, no, the the Andrik, um hype is uh, is is nearing maximum. Uh, they think he's the the second coming of Ronaldo. Excuse me, Ronaldo, um, R nine, of course. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's he, and that's the player that he draws a lot of comparison to. Um, so I think a lot of people are are excited about his future to even to the point of, like I said, you know, um, kind of being a bit delusional. Um, you know, we got to remember that he's 16. He's had a great start and he's he's got a lot of developing to do. Um, but I, I think he's he's got all he's got all the the skills and all the assets to 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 be a star star player and um, big European clubs, PSG, Real Madrid are already contacting him. I think Palmeiras turned down a bid for 45 million euros, something like that. Um, and they just, they flatly refused from PSG. Um, so, so yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be, I think Brazil's number nine in the years to come. Um, but, uh, but not, not yet, not yet. <laughs> and finally, um, so with the World Cup coming, who do you think, who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Do you think it will be Brazil or do you like someone else? Yeah, no, I, I think I think it'll be Brazil. I think they're due. And like I said, I think they have the best team since 2006. Um, I think they're much more balanced this year. I think they're much more motivated. I think a lot of their players are in. Um, finally, Neymar's not either, you know, half injured or coming back from injury. Um, he's got the experience. He's got the maturity. He can be that leader. Um, well, not necessarily having all the pressure on his back. I think Vinicius Jr. Um, is going to have a breakout tournament. Not that, not breakout, like no one knows where he is, but I think he's going to have, it's his first World Cup, and I think he's going to do what he did in the Champions League last year, which um, really, you know, embed his name as one of the elite, elite players mm. in the world. 
Um, and actually, I had uh, I had him as my pick for the the player of the tournament. So I think he's going to be great. And I think Brazil do have one of the best teams, if not the best. And I think they're uh, they're going to do it.